Welcome back to the podcast series. As stated, the opinions expressed are those of the individual speakers and not necessarily those of the companies they represent. So let's get started. I'm going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about, we've talked about leadership, we've talked about leading teams. Now we're going to talk about team size. Uh, Sean, uh, in the med tech sector, the teams are traditionally smaller, where you need sort of multiple skills and flexibility, uh, using a baseball analogy, uh, sort of the utility player. Can you talk a little bit about the smaller teams and med tech and skills required? Yeah, I, I think uh, John, you know, some of it is a consequence of the the scale of products. There are certainly blockbuster products in medical technology, but but the vast majority of products are, are not nearly that that size. And so, you know, the, the simple nature is that you can't afford to have the the luxury of the the large pharmaceutical uh, teams. Um, so. Um, and, and, and again, many medical technology companies are, are smaller than traditional pharmaceutical companies. Of course, they're, they're the, the, the behemoths as well, but um, most of them are smaller. So you find that in the medical technology companies, the medical scientists or the life scientists are called upon to uh, cover more roles than, than one would traditionally in, in um in a pharmaceutical company. And I think even, even the term medical affairs, I, we did mention this, but I'll say it again, the term medical affairs is used differently. So in pharma, it's, it's cut and dried, right? Medical affairs are those activities that take place after the product is, is approved. But in many medical technology companies, the, the people in medical affairs are actually covering the roles of R&D in pharma, as well as traditional uh, medical affairs and very often it's the same person who's doing the the pre-approval work for one product while supporting a marketed product in a similar area but nonetheless a market product product um, uh, in in addition so um, the more willing one is to take on multiple types of responsibility all scientific or medical or, or clinical but but multiple types of activities, um, the, the more comfortable you'll be in medical technology. Um, that comes with the upside, if you will, of being responsible for multiple products as well. So um, smaller teams, um, bro bro broader responsibilities is absolutely the case for medical technology. Thanks so much, Sean. Hugh, uh, one of the topics that Sean just brought up was the breadth. Uh, what are your thoughts, and how would you characterize the breadth of med affairs in uh, pharma versus uh, med tech? Your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's, I think it's a really good question. I, I do think med tech is quite broad, and, and um, you you have to do a lot of different things. It, it depends a little bit also on how big the pharma company is. If you work for a smaller pharma company, you sometimes also have to be very broad and you have to cover multiple things. Um, but if you work in a very large pharma, for instance, medical affairs um, might be much narrower. And it could mean, for instance, that there's a separate team within medical affairs that does the communication, or there's a separate team that only does publication planning within medical affairs. And then you're definitely, um, your breadth is definitely different than um, uh, than medtech. So it depends a bit on the size of the company. 
Um, but I think overall, MedTech seems to be a little broader, I would say. No, absolutely. Thank you for that perspective. It seems like you're both in alignment uh, in agreement on that, having uh, been reciprocally involved on both sides. Sean, we're going to go back to you, and I want to talk a little bit about product development work. We talked about uh, clinical development on pharma. We talked about using the term R&D on med tech. Who has the greater lift in product development, pharma or med tech? Your thoughts? Uh, John, I, I hope I'm interpreting the word lift cor correctly, but um, I, I would answer the question this way. Um, the, uh, the opportunities to do things in, in, in med tech, much for the reason that we were talking about a minute ago, are broader for the life scientists in the medical technology field than they are in pharma. But I think what you're getting to is maybe something slightly different, which is almost the, the hands-on opportunities. So the, the interesting thing about medical technology development is there's a lot of iterations of, of products and a lot of uh, testing the, of those products in models uh, and, um, and, and in laboratory situations, which don't typically occur uh, to the same extent in, in pharma. So um, medical affairs professionals in the medical te technology industry will be in those uh, laboratories and have the opportunity to not only put their hands on the product, but to actually shape what that product ultimately uh, looks like. So in that regard, I'd say, you know, in medical technology, there's this opportunity to have a, a greater lift. But, but you could argue it the other way around, right? Our, our trials tend to be uh, smaller. We, we tend not to do, you know, this, the second co confirmatory pivotal study in medical technology. So sometimes in those regards, you may say that, that the opportunity is uh, greater in, in, in pharma. But I hope I, I interpreted the term lift correctly. Uh, no, you did, and to be honest with you, it can be interpreted both ways. So, I mean, it depends, uh, depending on where you are, if you're sitting on the med tech side of the aisle versus pharma, which is actually uh, a bigger a bigger job. Hugh, we're going to switch to you, and we're thinking about alliances uh, and which is closer. It sounds like med tech is closer to R&D and pharma is perhaps closer to clinical. Uh, would you say, do I have it right? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think in general that's that's the case. Um, it depends a bit on in medtech what kind of device you're working on, what type of device, and what kind of regulatory path you have to do. So, so for some devices, you still have to do clinical trials, of course. But I've also worked on 510Ks where animal um, research was sufficient to support the filing, and that was all done by R&D. That wasn't done by clinical. So in those situations. When I was in medtech, I was much closer to R&D um, than I'm now. Um, definitely now in, in pharma, mostly close to clinical, of course, and we typically get in gear um, during phase twos, phase threes, and so forth. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have any role or interaction with R&D. They certainly help me in sometimes answering questions um, some physicians that are the end users of a drug might have very detailed questions that only R&D knows and not um, clinical. So I'm certainly interacting with R&D. And then, you know, I do talk, since I'm customer facing, I do talk to a lot of physicians and they always have good ideas. 
for new products that you want to feed back into R&D. But overall, I think the time I'm spending with clinical is much, much greater in pharma than in what it was in, in med tech, I would say. No, that makes sense, uh, particularly just considering the intrinsic nature of the work that's to be done. Thank you, gentlemen, for these important insights. We hope the listeners have enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights in regards to transitioning between med tech, pharmaceuticals, and vice versa.